Hello, I'm Robert Picardo. I'm Sylvester McCoy. I'm John Bett. And we are the cast of A Joke, and you are listening to Neil Before Pod. Neil Before Blog presents Neil Before Pod. And welcome to another quantum edition of Neil Before Pod, the quantum podcast that knows how to quantum. I'm Craig, your quantum host, and this episode is devoted to the latest quantum release in the Marvel Cinematic Universe quantum canon. In case you couldn't guess from my overuse of the word quantum, that film is Ant-Man and the Wasp, finally hitting UK shores after a quantum delay thanks to the World Cup. Strap into your quantum submarine and join us on a deep dive into this quantum entry. Joining me from his latest trip into the microverse, it's Andrew. Hello there. Hello. How does it feel to be normal sized and not in a swirly, acid trippy thing? Yeah, well, it's a bit of an, an adjustment because yeah, uh, I think my time floating around in a trippy, swirly mess is quite an experience, and also and also one that's uh, not entirely dissimilar to to when, to when I'm on prescription painkillers. That's good. Any nondescript superpowers we should know about? None that I've noticed at the moment. Though I am going to be extra careful the next time I'm in the bathroom, because because there always seems always seems to be bathroom bathroom where they manifest. It does so many sinks, so many destroyed sinks. Spider-Man, the Thunder, and Wolverine with his crappy CGI claws. All destroyed a bathroom. Anyway, that's a complete digression. Before we start talking about this uh, tiny movie that was recently released, we shall go to our normal segment, Neil Before Rise Against. It's no longer a pilot, it's now a thing. It's just a thing that we do all the time. So I'm going to start us off with my Neil Before, which is four words. Four glorious words. Well, it's, it's more than four words, actually. Jean-Luc Picard is back. Five words. It's <laughs> great. Doesn't Jean-Luc count as one word because it's hyphenated? Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Whatever, however many words it is, it's amazing. I never yes. thought I'd see the day where Patrick Stewart would return as Picard, but it's happening. It could be a mini-series, it could be a fully-fledged TV series, it could be anything, it could be... I don't know. It could be a, a dream. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do with it, but... We get to see him reprise the role once again, and I couldn't be happier. Yeah, and that's pretty much how I feel about it as well. Just because it's Picard, and we get more of Picard. And there's really not much more elaboration you need to do on it. Yeah, I wonder if they'll get like Riker and, and whoever else to turn up and make a cameo. You know, maybe he'll be an admiral and he'll go aboard the Titan for one last mission. He'll be that admiral that's in command of the mission, but not the ship. And Riker will be like, piss off, this is my shit. <laughs> I don't know. be pretty cool, if that was the case. Yeah but, yeah, but, yeah, but that's just it, though. There's so many possibilities. And every single one of them just sound wonderful. Yeah. I dare say we'll find out more about it. I don't know when they'll plan to release it, possibly next year sometime. So, um, You know, he's in, his, he's in his mid to late 70s, so he's got quite a bit of time to catch up on, you know, it's just I don't know, it's just going to be great I don't have anything to say about it, we could spend an entire podcast speculating about the Picard series 
but let's not. <laughs> yeah, well, to be honest, we, we could uh, we could probably spend the entire podcast uh, just just making inarticulate uh, fanboy screaming noises. We could try that too. I don't know if that'd be much fun for listeners, but we'll see. Uh, so, what are you kneeling before? Well, I am uh, kneeling kneeling before the return of one of my favourite uh, current TV series, uh, Winona Earp. Um, and uh, this is a, a, a kind of a, a horror fantasy western hybrid, uh, which is about a woman named Winona, who is a descendant of, of Wyatt, Wyatt Earp. Um, who actually, who it actually uh, turned out, uh, as well as well as being a famous famous uh, gunslinger, was also a demon hunter. And in each generation of the, of descendants, uh, the the eldest in, in, in inherits inherits his gun and, and the ability to kill, to kill demons with it. As I mentioned, this is this is one of my favourite series. I mean, uh, this, this is the third season of it now, and it's it's coming back even 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 more intense than. than than it had previously, just with with, with a lot of action and and humour and emotion uh, and um, and holy hell, did they actually just do that kind of moments? Cool. I've never seen this show. It's kind of been on my list, but this list never gets any shorter, so it just keeps growing and growing and growing. So one of these days, once it's been finished for like eighteen years, I'll eventually get around to watching it. Sounds about right, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Although, well, one interesting thing about about it that that, that that's that I think it, that's worth mentioning is that it, it's quite frequently observed um, that Winona as a character um, is more or less a female version of Dean Winchester. All right. If you can imagine such a thing, because she's just brilliant. Like, like she, like she is snarky and sarcastic. Um, yeah. Um, and and fearless and frequently drunk and even more frequently horny. <laughs> yeah, she's great. Cool. Um, so that's Ack and that's good. Uh, one of these days I might check it out. I imagine other listeners are happy too. Yeah, cool. So, on to Rise Against. I am going to rise against what we've heard about Star Wars Episode Nine under the direction of J.J. Abrams. Every single thing that he's said about it is something that I am not interested in. Snoke flashbacks? No. Uh, Luke Skywalker as a ghost? I kind of thought it would happen, but I'm not sure how interesting that'll be. Deleted footage of uh, Leia from Force Awakens? Nah. Uh, we've, we've, it was probably deleted for a reason. And how are you going to sandwich it in? You know. Uh, I don't know, it just sounds like after becoming, doing something interesting with episode uh, 8 they're going back to the kind of well of, nah, let's just keep it the same, you know I suppose after the backlash it's like, well you fans get what you deserve, you get a franchise that stagnates, and it seems like that's exactly what we're going to get here yeah, I I completely agree with that. I'm aware that that I'm in something of a minority for intensely disliking the Force Awakens. I was really disappointed with uh, everything that Abrams did with it. I felt the whole whole thing was just was just too heavily recycled from from the previous movies. And I thought the that what Ryan Johnson did with the uh, last last Jedi was was a 
a, a vast improvement over it and actually became very very frustrated with all, all of the fandom whining about like the, the, the not every, not that every every single minute aspect of it what um, what was it was exactly how they, they had envisioned it should happen yeah and so now it just now it just looks like we just just it's going to be something 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 of a, of a repetition it's just going going over previous things again and particularly with with this which is uh, which is supposedly supposed to like to to draw like the the the, the whole uh, episode um, sagas to, to a close, then I can't see how it's going to be ending with anything but a whimper. Yeah, um, I don't dislike Force Awakens as such. I just find it kind of okay. You know, I think that uh, the the characters that were introduced are great. Um, and I think they belonged in a better film. It was too derivative of A New Hope for me, as I've said on previous podcasts and innumerable conversations I've had with people, but Last Jedi was much more my speed. Although the thing is, the the way the fandom sort of reacted to um, th- reacted to The Last Jedi, in terms of, you know, this kind of minority of loud people just complaining about it persistently, uh, I do recognise that people have legitimate issues with the film, and, and unfortunately... A lot of people that have those kind of get labelled with it. Oh, you're just a hater of this for this reason or whatever. But um, no, I think it's it was divisive and interesting. But I don't think this is going to be interesting. I think it's just going to be yeah. I'm not a huge fan of J.J. Abrams anyway, as it is, you know. And I think there's you've got the biggest franchise in the world really, and you've got access to all of the talent in Hollywood that you could ask for, and they pick this guy again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's just so mediocre. So yeah, not a fan of. I mean, it may turn out to be great. I hope to be proved wrong, because I don't want to be sitting there at midnight next Christmas thinking, "Oh my God, this is this sucks." <laughs> you know, I want to be sitting there at midnight enjoying myself. So we'll see. So, what is your rise against? Yes, well, I am rising against uh, the. The announcement uh, that the makers of the Venom movie um, are aiming for 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 a PG thirteen rating for it. Oh, yeah, yeah, which 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 I find which I which I find incredibly frustrating, uh, mainly for mainly for two reasons. It's like like the first of which is um I like, it it's been it's been demonstrated that. Uh, the uh, the R-rated superhero movies like uh, su- such as Deadpool and Logan, um, yeah, are, are still are, are still a- a- still able to make like all the money in the world, uh, uh, despite uh, it, it being 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 more difficult for younger audiences to see them. Yeah, and. Yeah, and 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 it was go and it was going some way some way towards um, el- eliminating uh, the the small amounts of of remaining stigma about 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 comic book comic book things being being for kids. Yeah. Um, things that, and yeah, but it's yeah, but yeah, but the but the main frustration about it though is the fact that Venom as 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 a character. Is incredibly violent, and to and to and to deliberately and to deliberately try to tone down that violence uh, runs the risk of um, of uh, of diluting the um, 
uh, what the character is and and the and the impact that his actions will have. Yeah, well, I'm actually so glad you brought this up because I think the rating is the least of this film's problems, at least based on what I've seen so well, far. Well, true, yes, but... That latest, that latest trailer was hilariously terrible. Just, I mean, that turd on, a, turd on the wind line, Jesus. <laughs> That's, I don't know, it just looks like a parody of a 90s superhero movie. Like, earlier trailers made it look like they were making a 90s superhero, now it looks like they're making a spoof of a 90s superhero movie. And I, I can't see, I can't imagine any scenario where this film turns out to be any good at this point. Um, you've kind of, you've destroyed one of the fundamentals of his origin story by removing Spider-Man from it. You know, there's, they're, they're sanitizing the rating, I guess, because they maybe figured out that it's not going to make that much money. It's potentially not going to make that much money because it looks like crap. Um, so I think that. They're maybe cutting their losses by opening it up to thirteen-year-old boys, who will be the only people interested in that dialogue. Surely, you know, because of the, I mean, turd on the wind, and all this talk about eating limbs and all this nonsense. It just, wow, it looks bad. And uh, Sony's Spider Verse without Spider-Man in it, that can bugger off as well. I mean, what is that about? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, well, if anything, it it seems it seems like they're. Seems like they're uh, trying try, try to do a do a version of the version of the Gotham TV series, which was like yeah. Batman without Batman. Yeah. Craven the Hunter, like. Oh my God. That's, that's a whole other rise against. Uh, yeah, no. I. Oh, there's so there's so much wrong with that as a concept. So that's that. Venom, uh, the rating, and possibly the whole film. And just yeah. everything else about it. Yeah. Cool. So let's move on to our main event. We are here to talk about the recently released Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, Ant-Man and the Wasp. So, before we go into spoiler territory, what are your thoughts on this as a film without spoiling it? In general, I quite enjoyed it. I wouldn't say like, it was it was anything even even approaching as good as, as the first one, uh, which I absolutely loved, um, and, and actually... And, and, and actually ranked as one of my top ten films of 2015. It was able to follow, to follow on well enough from I, I, from from both the first film and and also from from the subsequent MCU events. Uh, yeah, and it fit in well enough in that respect. It, it was it was quite a fun though. It wasn't it wasn't too much more than that though. In general, I thought. Yeah, um, I would agree. I think it was. I think that the Marvel Cinematic Universe films, uh, they have sort of a baseline of quality. And I think it's on that baseline. You know, I think it's, yeah, this is what we can kind of, this is the least we can expect from these guys. This is, you know, it's well made, it's paced well enough, it's watchable enough, it has enough humour. You know, it, it has enough. It does enough to just keep itself above that, that line. It's not great though um, and they're, they're just kind of it feels like a very disposable entry which you know is the intention because it's coming out after Infinity War but set before it so it's you know it's, it's, it's supposed to be a bit of fun although I think the first one had much more substance to it and uh, yeah I, I don't know I, I wasn't disappointed as such but I wasn't like blown away by it. Okay on that note then since we need to talk more about it shall we uh, shall we dive into the, the spoiler realm? Bring it. 
you know, they dodge the um, the tardigrades and, and whatever else. Okay, we're in the spoiler section, so I think it's probably prudent to do a bit of a, a quick chat about the first film and what we thought of that. I kind of alluded to that in the pre-spoiler section. I thought the first film was, was great, and there was a lot of kind of scrutiny against it because you had, you had some issues with uh, the director, Edgar Wright, leaving um, over creative differences, so we'd never find out what his film would have been, or even what those creative differences were, but it's kind of... Turns out it's one of the, well, it wasn't even the first, but it's, it's you know one of those well-documented, weird decisions that Disney slash Marvel have made regarding directors, you know, and um, I think, all considering that, it turned out really, really well. Uh, the the heist element was really good. I liked that the stakes weren't apocalyptic, and and at the end how they made fun of that by having a, a Man of Steel style, collateral damage induced, thing. Uh, in a little girl's bedroom with a Thomas the Tank Engine playset and all this. It was, really, uh, it was really funny. The characters were good. Um, it was just... Yeah, it was It was really good. It was a nice surprise. It was a bit different. Uh, the shrinking gags and the way they used the size stuff was, was brilliant. So, yeah, the first one really rated it. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm completely the same. Yeah, I... As I mentioned, I I thought it was it was absolutely brilliant. I did think like it was um it um it was it was preemptively judged a little un, unfairly like like with, with the with the departure of Eddie Wright. Um, yeah. Yeah, because as a result of that, then it like it was it was effectively being being compared to a film that that that, that doesn't exist and and never will. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but in in everybody's head was going to be something, something special and spectacular. Yeah. Yeah, but thing, thing, but yeah, but, yeah, and yeah, but in in the end, it it, it managed to completely completely defy that and and come together uh, not uh, not only as, as a really good film in all itself, but also a, a very very good example of one of the MCU films, which are more or less of quite a high benchmark quality. Also, really, really liked it. The fact that, that, that it was effectively uh, uh, a heist film rather 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 than a specific specifically a superhero film, it just it had characters from from comic books and and well, and was using comic book pseudoscience. But aside from that, it it could easily e- easily have have been like a, another uh, another heist heist film with with a great with a great assortment of characters. Which was which, uh, so the, another thing I liked about it is is uh, every as uh, every every character in in it. Uh, uh, like I, they, they, they felt like a, 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 felt like a proper presence, and they, they each had a purpose, and and uh, a, 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 reason, a reason to be there, which, um, which each each added something to the story. Yeah, um, as usual, it had a crap villain. You know, that's that's the MCU staple as well. It says yes. Uh, which you know takes us into this film. Um, Indeed. We'll start with the, the characters, and, and you know the story inevitably comes into that. So we just kind of merge everything together. Uh, I would say this one's more of an ensemble piece than the first one. The first one was very much Scott's story about you know redeeming himself after prison, finding his place in the world. Uh, this one's much more about, I guess, expanding the mythology, and you know the focus shifts to because the emotional story kind of belongs to Hope and um, and Hank. Who are you know obviously looking for 
um, Janet, who's stuck in the the quantum realm, as we knew before. Uh, so they, they're looking for her. Whereas, you know, Scott is kind of like running out the clock until he can join the real world again. And I feel like the emotional moments belong to them rather than him. And he's just kind of along for the ride. Yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree with that. In the first film, Scott's whole arc like was essentially uh, proving himself like to to be worthy of being of being a father, yeah. and being somebody whose daughter can admire. There was a, there was a particular line that I really li- really liked it. I, I, I the first one is uh, where his, his ex was as he was trying to encourage him, uh, but uh, by saying uh, just uh, but uh, just uh, be, be the person she already thinks you are. Hmm. It, I just, it, I just thought it was like a, a, a lovely way of looking at it. Yeah, and it's established uh, quite, quite, quite early on in in this film that like that they, he he now has a a great relationship with with, with his daughter, and the issues uh, that, uh, that 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 he that he has like with 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 his, with his ex and her, and her and her new and her and her new guy have have, have been resolved because yeah because because it's clear that the old. Um, well, it felt like it felt like really close, and then they're 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 at least friends, and yes, and and they're people who can get on well enough with uh, with, with each other, uh, so so that so so that Cassie has ha, um has something resembling a, a normal life. Yeah, and and it is an interesting sort of family dynamic because in a in a lesser sort of franchise or film, it would end with. You know, I'm thinking of San Andreas here, which is a film that I really like, but it ends with him getting kind of back with his div- the wife that he's divorced, which, you know, whatever. But uh, here it's like, no, no, we have to maintain this, this separation because they split up for a reason, and him suddenly being a superhero isn't going to, like, isn't, isn't going to repair that as such. And uh, so this film kind of has, yeah, it has that distance. It has the, you know, sometimes she's at dad, sometimes she's at mum's, and... And they've, they've kind of the animosity that existed between them's kind of gone. Although I would say that Judy Greer is almost pointless in this film. She has nothing. You know, she's just in a couple of scenes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it is. It's almost. It's almost as if. As if. Almost as as if they 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 just they just felt it was it was necessary to to have her back again just purely purely because she was in the first one. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, if you need to have the daughter, then you need to have the mum and, and all that stuff. But uh, his daughter was far less annoying in this film as well. Uh, I found her really annoying in the first one, for some reason. But this... Yeah, she's far less annoying now. Yeah, well, I'll, 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 I, I didn't actually mind, mind her too, too much the first time around. Yeah, yeah though, though, I, I did, though I did like her uh, a lot more in this, though. Because... Yeah, yeah, because uh, because uh, in as in the uh, as in in the in the couple of years, like she's she's certainly grown, grown up a little bit more, and like she, she she's like, she's 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 a lot more uh, she's a lot more thoughtful and and observant, yeah. um and and also has quite a mischievous mischievous sense of humor. Yeah. What about Scott since Civil War? Right, the last time we saw him in Civil War, he was locked up in the raft, which is. You know, Starks even like I can't believe they put you in here. This is ridiculous. You know, this is this is for really horrible people. But then, obviously, Civil War ends with you know the the unconscious guards in the raft, 
and then Steve like looking into the camera it suggests I've broken all these guys out so it's really weird how I don't know we, we get to this point where Scott is under house arrest you know when does he make this deal does he just turn himself in after getting broken out or you know yeah, 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 well, yeah, well uh, that, uh, that, that, was, that was that was my assumption really it's it's because yeah, well, because uh, I mean, I in, I, I, I decided that uh, the after after be, after like being being broken being broken out of the raft, um, he he realised that like the the life as as a fugitive um isn't isn't one that, that he can maintain. Yeah. Um. And yeah, and I'd also if and also if he, and if he were to try to undertake it, then he would likely never get to see his daughter again. Yeah. Which is which is like which is pretty much like the, the driving force of everything that he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I think he turned himself in, and I managed to to negotiate some kind of plea deal so that ultimately he'd be able to able to put put it all all behind him. Yeah, I mean it's not hugely important. It's just one of those. I don't know. I don't think the the writers or custodians of this franchise know what they're really doing with the Sokovia cards and what they actually mean kind of outside the context of Civil War because they just throw them in, you know, and every superhero is to be registered or you breach the accords or, or whatever else. So do they have to be registered? Does Spider-Man have to be registered? Or, you know, yeah. I don't know. Yes, yes, same thing. And, and do you have to be registered if technically you're not a superhero but you but you, it's, but, but, but you have access to, to this technology? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all a bit of a mess. But, you know, he's on house under house arrest and he has his routine, his very funny routine. You know where he, he chucks a ball about, plays a uh, drum set. You know the the ele- ele- uh, electric drum set. Um, has yeah. a bath for two hours a day. It would seem. Yeah, yes, yes, and uh, build, builds uh, an elaborate cardboard labyrinth. Yeah, that was cool. That was very elaborate, but very cool. Uh, and I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It seems like he's he's a bit bored, which he would be. I feel like if I was. Um, I feel like if I was stuck in the house for two years and wasn't allowed to leave, it wouldn't impact my life that much. I wouldn't be able to go to the cinema, I suppose. That would be a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, that's pretty much the only only issue I I would have. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Though, though, if I were if I were in a in a situation, probably just be like, oh, I'll book it in. Well, I'll I'll then have time to get to get around to what to watching uh, these several hundred DVDs that I have bought but yeah. not actually looked at yet. Yeah, it would work. Yeah. The catalyst to the plot is really when he has that dream, um, you know, that vision of when she was younger, right. being, you know, playing hide and seek with, with Janet, where she hides <laughs> in the same place all the time, kind of missing the point of the game. It's <laughs> hilariously says, but it's um, yeah. So that's the catalyst for the plot, and then he phones them, and then you know it gets moving and moving and moving, and then you get kind of the. You you get the introdu- reintroduction of Hope and Hank, who are like, yeah, we're trying to find our your trip into the quantum realm that inspired us to, to get moving with this again. We're doing it again. Brilliant. Fantastic. And um, they need to do some science, uh, some kind of science involving Scott to get a hold of her. Um, I think, you know, the, the narrative stuff is, is kind of all over the place, but the the, the emotional stuff is good. You know, where um, Hope's nervous about seeing her mother again in case she's forgotten her. Uh, there's no telling what the quantum realm will have done to her, like emotionally or physically. Uh, Hank's anxious about seeing his wife again, but again, they're very driven to 
finding her and bringing her back. And I, I like that there was like a different, uh, different focus to it uh, this time around because because if we yeah, if we if we were to have uh, another another story which uh, which which was mostly revo- mostly revolved around um, uh, around Scott then. That then and they would end up seeming like too much of a retread of the first film. Yeah. And also having the focus switch to to Hope and and Hank also also gave the the opportunity to explore them as as characters in a bit more detail. Yeah. Well, they're very much embracing the fact that they're father and daughter whereas Hope was distanced from him in the first film and that, that was part of her arc to get to the point where she accepts Hank as her father again and you know repairs that relationship so what you see is them as a, a team because they've they've sorted their differences and they're ready to um, get on with get on with life and, and you know together they make a really effective fighting force he's the he's the brains and whatever and she's the muscle so to speak uh, and I really liked the expansion of Hope's role in superhero stuff. Although the thing is, it's one of those. I feel like they've done one of those things that the mistakes they make with female characters sometimes, where they try and make them kind of flawless. You know, so she's like, real, she's effortlessly badass. Her skills are like way better than Scott's. She has better tech than Scott's. She never seems to slip up in a fight. She knows exactly what she's doing. You know, it's it's almost like they're afraid to make her more fallible, although the vulnerability is there in other areas, but you know, you don't see her make any mistakes while she's fighting and stuff. Yeah, I mean, in, in, uh, that's, that's uh, a mistake that, uh, that, that is often made with, uh, with, with, with female characters. I've, I've always, I've always thought it to the, the writers just uh, being, being wary of, um, of any, any mistakes that, that they do make. Um, will be perceived as them having having made having made made that mistake uh, 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 because they're a woman, yeah. Or yes, or or they yes, or or that or or that they or that they lost this fight because they're a woman, mm-hmm. and as a result of that, they end up end up being too good at uh, everything, um, yeah. Which, yeah, which which can actually end end up having having the opposite effect, um, in in. In actually diminishing them as as fully rounded people. Yeah, and I think it doesn't necessarily happen here. I mean, I like like I said, they they do kind of let her be vulnerable. They let her be open and honest about how she's feeling about getting her mother back and stuff like that. But it feels like that's kind of few and far between. You know, there's a couple of scenes where that happens, and then there's other scenes where she's just mowing down everyone in the room effortlessly. She does get knocked out though, where where uh, Scott doesn't, I suppose. Or she wakes up slightly later than he does. Well, uh, I think uh, that, uh, that 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 was just because Ghost wanted to talk to him first. Yeah, for some reason. But I think Hope's a, a really good character. I think she has a lot of potential, especially as the Wasp now. Um, maybe, maybe give her a film where she interacts with other characters, or or is, has to do something without Scott there because. Be interesting to explore her, maybe outside of the trappings of, of the supporting cast in this film. So maybe see who she is without Hank in her life and, and all this stuff. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know if they, what the plans are for these characters. 
uh, whether they'll just turn up in Avengers movies or they'll get another movie or whatever but um, I think the, the Wasp would be a good character to kind of launch a sub-series of films out of There is always always rumblings um, of some of some kind of female character team up yeah and and if that were to ever come to fruition then I think she she would she would she would be quite a good addition to it for sure yeah um, if that ever happens there's enough of them sort of kind of lingering in the background it's like here and there yeah uh, what about Hank we learn a lot about his past I mean it's no surprise that he's a dick right you know he just everyone seems to just not get along with him um, and his partner former partner Bill um, who is you know who just hates him uh, and they have that kind of they had a massive falling out over his ego or although it seems like there was more to it than that especially considering what Bill does in this film but um, there's this kind of Hank alienated everybody at S.H.I.E.L.D. progressively apart from Janet for some reason and um, I would have liked to see a bit more of that I don't really know what I was after but this the suggestion of Hank's past maybe it's because I think Hank Pym's a really interesting character to play with and I don't think you'll ever get to the you know the this the schizophrenic that he is in the comics mm. or you know the the guy that imprints his personality on a robots and and whatever else it's some really bizarre terrible stuff that they've done to Hank Pym over the years and I don't think the sanitized MCU will do that but um yeah yeah, yeah and, and uh, was he not also like a domestic abuser at one point yeah they'll definitely not do that no no um, which is weird because Michael Douglas playing that kind of unhinged character would be would be awesome. Whereas he just seems kind of sarcastic and grumpy, which is you know the closest you'll ever get, I guess. I noticed some in like in in the credits uh, there were there were quite quite a large number of writers that there were there were credits like for the script and screenplay and yeah. story and and whatnot. And from which we can assume that the uh, that the that story went through numerous like revisions mm. and. And and iterations and alterations uh, as it was being, as it was being developed, and I got I got the feeling that in that in some previous version of of the story that there 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 was a lot more uh, development of um, of 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 Hank's past, and yeah, the, uh, yes, and 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 I think think that and I think like the 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 precise like uh actions and, and reasons which which caused him to alienate everybody um, would would have would have have been looked at looked at more closely like uh, possibly with some more like de-aged flashback scenes yeah although i think there's possibly a, a young hank Pym film out there somewhere that you know we could watch but uh you know that, that's there's definitely enough there to play with his time at shield and, and things like that um, but I don't know. I don't think they'll ever make it. Although the de-aging special effects are getting better, you know, I keep saying that they are, yeah. to practice to get these right. And you know, while there were sometimes I was like, yeah, that kind of looks stapled on or whatever. Um, on the whole, I bought it, and I think that it's come leaps and bounds. I mean, I remember the first time I ever saw it was in X Men Three. Yeah, I was just going to say <laughs> that was that was yeah. dreadful. Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't as that bad in X Men Three. It wasn't as bad as it was in Wolverine, you know, X Origins Wolverine. Um, and we've had it in Ant Man, the first one, with uh, Michael Douglas again. Uh, everyone else was aged up <laughs> in that scene. Uh, that was only one scene. And again, 
it was, you know, you're not quite crossing the uncanny valley, but you're getting there. And I think they really need to play with this this tech uh, to get it to get it right, you know. Um, and it's but it's good enough. Uh, apparently, Kurt Russell in Guardians Two didn't wasn't CGI'd at all. He just knows a really good makeup artist. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, it's the one he brings with him in every film he does. Apparently, so they're a bit of a tidbit on de-aging, but oh. um, yeah. Uh, I think they they were smart to keep the de-aging scenes to a minimum because otherwise you would question them more than you do. Uh, the Lawrence Fishburne one, I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wasn't prepared for this. What's going on? You do get a bit of a, a flavour of what else he was up to. The Goliath Project that we know about from Civil War um, because Scott grows to an immense size in Civil War. Uh, turns out it was practised on this Bill guy. So uh, that would make him really hate this, but in the Civil War comic, Black Goliath. Yep. Yeah, I think it's the same guy's name as well. It is, yeah. yeah. Let's watch out for Thor clones. Watch out. You, you never know when a Thor clone will show up in the end of your day. <laughs> so, like, uh, but I don't know if we'll see any more of that character. It feels really weird that they've got Lawrence Fishburne to play him, considering how smallish a role he has. And then as soon as he's introduced, because Lawrence <coughs> Fishburne's playing him, you're like... He's going to be like affiliated with a villain in some way. He's not exactly. showing up just to tell them how to track a, you know, a building. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's precisely what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's like well, okay, okay, well, well, okay. Well, for the purposes of what we're being told, that's all his character character's purpose. Yeah, but but, but because it's him, then we 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 but we know he's going to come back again. Yeah. And 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 it's a bit, and the possibilities for which he can do so are a little limited. Yeah, pretty much. Um, the villains were probably some of the weakest we've had in the MCU, I would say, like in, in total. I mean, Walton Goggins, he was supposed to... I, I think they were both supposed to just be an annoyance. You know, the film's not about them fighting these villains, they're just an irritation that keeps them from accomplishing their goal, rather than being something they actively need to destroy or, or take down or whatever. Like, Walton Goggins was just... He's, you know, it's weird how competent he's supposed to be in the first scene you see him, and then later on he's just, he's an idiot with an empty henchman. Honestly, I, I was thinking that, that he, uh, his character and 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 that whole subplot could could I could 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 actually have have been completely completely written out of the film, like with with like with very little changes needing to be made. Yeah, well, you'd miss out on a sweet car chase. There's that, yes. Yeah. And truth serum. Let's not forget the truth serum. Oh, that was brilliant. Yeah, although I thought he was better than Ghost. Uh, Ghost was cool visually. I like the you know the way that, um, you know the way that, that her form just kind of ghosted. You know, so you, you kind of saw her just struggling to maintain cohesion, and there was an air of tragedy built in there. But there was something a bit Winter Soldierish about it as well. You know, it's I've been. Uh, they figured out I had power, so they turned me into a, a spy, uh, you know, a killer, an assassin, whatever. And it was like oh, uh, a bit of Hydra chipped in there, I suppose. But it's she was kind of she was kind of dull. And then the scene where she's like, "Here's my backstory." It's almost like they forgot to give her one. It's like, "Ah, oh, crap!" Put it in this scene. Yeah, you know, I actually have to put something to make people care about her. Well, um, I did like that the phone rang as she was like expositing. It's like. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I was really frustrated uh, with, I, with with her whole character. It, it, it's, uh, just because, like, 
it's because like she 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 has uh, she had had uh, so 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 much so much potential to uh, to 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 have been so so much more interesting than that in some recent films. Uh, uh, Marvel have been getting a little better with with with, with their villains. Um, in three was good for villains. Yeah, in I mean, and yeah, and and in particular, like with uh, with with give, with giving with uh, giving the villains motivations, um, like that, like that you, you you might not necessarily agree with, but you can understand them. Yeah, and you can understand what what understand what what it is that's driving them, like. Like, like, like in particular with 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 um with with, with uh, villains that what like uh, like Thanos and Kill and Killmonger. Yeah, and and I think with Ghost there there was the potential to to have that as well. Yeah, because it's like it's effectively like uh, someone who who has been uh, more or less tortured and and experimented on for like for for about for, for about twenty twenty years or so and seemingly driven a, a little insane in the process. And with a character with her her kind of um. History and, and and experiences, uh, then, yeah, then then I think you can actually sympathise like with with the with the way with, with the way that she acts, and also also like like her um her her actress uh, Hannah John Kamen, um I, I think she she's absolutely brilliant, um okay because she is uh, there uh, there is a uh, sci-fi uh, action uh, action uh, series called Killjoys. Um, where where she is the uh, she, uh, she is the central character in in that, and she's absolutely fantastic in it, and yeah, and yeah, and I was hoping that like that her that her that her role in in this film like would um would uh, would be would be something would be would be something that allow more people to take notice of her. Yeah, I've never seen Killjoys, but it's on the list. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Bloody list. I don't have time to watch this list. Um, yeah, it's it's just the villain problem, and her motivations are kind of fair enough. She wants to, so she wants to get access to this lab so she can siphon energy from Janet to heal herself, which is like, it seems a bit weirdly convoluted, because. It just does. I mean, I'm. Um, I feel like it could all be solved by. You know, Bill seems like a decent guy. Like he was like, I'm not going to let you kidnap Scott's daughter. I'm not going to let you do this. You know, th- there's lines I'm not willing to cross. You think for the sake of saving this, effectively surrogate daughter of his. You know, he might have swallowed his pride and thought, you know what, Hank Pym is going to know what to do here. Exactly. Let's ask Hank. Like, like to just just ask for help. Yeah. Um, and maybe in a more beefed up version of their relationship you would have had the reason you know the stubbornness that comes with it I can't ask Hank for help you know like like because uh, yeah uh, but I never bought that he wouldn't ask him for help especially when you have that scene where Hank's like you know what when I get back we'll figure this out and he's like alright cool cheers and that's that's effectively the end of Bill you don't see him again you know but well you see him later on in the film Um, but you don't in, t- in terms of plot function, you don't see him again. It's just that's him done, you know, as, as far as antagonistic force is concerned. It's like, no, 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 let the ants hurt you into the elevator and let's get on with stuff. And then you've got, at, at that point, you've got um, 
Scott trying to distract ghosts so that they've got time to get the lab to a place they can grow it and stuff. Whereas, again, you could have probably resolved that by Bill like contacting her and saying, oh, by the way, Hank's going to help. You just need to wait like a quarter of an hour or so and we'll be fine. You know, maybe help uh, maybe help the, the get those henchmen off their backs. That would be useful. And then at that point, you could have turned her into a bit more of an ally, I guess, because the, the car chase already had enough moving parts, and if she was at least helping Hope and so on, it might have, you know, might have got them somewhere a bit quicker, but then you wouldn't be able to get the, oh my god, Janet's in danger thing from the ending, which again, didn't work. I think it is, it's just a, 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 a everything being a bit too convoluted, and yeah, and uh, yes, and each and each each, like, each aspect like be, being being put there like with with uh, for, like, for 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 a specific purpose. Yeah, another another crappy villain. That's it, or another crappy set of villains. Uh, Walton Goggins was good value because he's Walton Goggins. True. Yes. That's, you know, you you're always gonna get something out of him. Uh, what about Janet? I mean, you don't know that much about her. You know, you know she she hung on to her family for 30 years and seemed remarkably unfazed by her experience of being in isolation for 30 years. And not only that, uh, being in, in isolation in what is effectively an, an extra planar, planar, planar dimension, yeah. um, if, if, uh, where, where, would, like the, where, the, the, where the very notion of being, being inside is, is supposed, to er, er, supposed to erode your very, sen- very sense of self. And yes, and awareness of of reality. Exactly. Uh, exactly. And there, and there wasn't wasn't even the faintest suggestion as as to what a remarkable achievement that was. And um, you know, what does she eat for thirty years? Like, <laughs> so many questions. Yeah, I was just going to mention like just uh, so many questions that um, like, uh, all of which we're just supposed to quietly ignore. Yeah. For for, for the sake of narrative cohesion. And I think that. Well, she's more of a trophy that they need to get a ha- their hands on by the end of the film. You know, there's that kind of what's it called? There's that um, ticking clock and all that stuff to, that they have to endure to get uh, they have to beat to get her back into the real world. And, um, and you have all this stuff like she she possesses Scott. I don't know what that's all about, but you know, there's the the nickname she has for Hope, which. Whatever it's you know jelly bean and peanut. There, it seems like there's a a, a pet name thing going on here. Uh, the, uh, although when Scott had to be Janet, I thought it was quite funny. When, when Paul Rudd had to play Michelle Pfeiffer, it was quite funny. Yeah, I quite like that. I thought that was done pretty well. Yeah, even though you have no baseline for how he's acting, so he's just acting a bit softer and more feminine, which you know could be offensive. I don't know, but you never. She seems quite tough otherwise. Um, but yeah, when he's holding hands with with Pim and stuff, <laughs> it's really, uh, really funny. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer was was decent enough. She didn't have that much screen time. A couple of flashbacks, uh, and then a few minutes when she kind of came back to out of the quantum realm. So I think she did quite well with what she had. Although there was a lot more potential there, you know. I think. Um, I mean, I don't know what they could have done with her otherwise. Um, I feel like the quantum realm is just given kind of lip service anyway. They just kind of use it as a thing to go into, but they don't really tell you how it works. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It, it just it just uh, seemed to be seemed to be something like to 
uh, to try out like a whole bunch of of uh, trippy 3D effects, and not not something uh, not something which current theories um, suggest will 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 become an integral aspect of of how of how, how the films are to progress now. Oh, um, well, that's certainly a given. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in, yeah, and and yes, and I I would have thought thought like that that this. That this this would have been would have been the perfect opportunity to 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 introduce like like the the basic concepts of it of its of its operation, mm. so so that later on when later on when when it, when it's utilised in a in a more practical sense then it it would feel less like it's been pull, pulled from nowhere and and would actually actually previously been been laying some groundwork for it. Yeah, uh, there's. Yeah, I just, I don't know, I, I don't know what I was expecting from the quantum realm, just other than mentioning it occasionally and, and just explaining that there's energy you can siphon from it and all this stuff. And, I mean, it's, I do find it interesting in the sense of, they, they talk about the multiverse and Doctor Strange and how magic is you're basically drawing power, uh, harnessing energy from the multiverse and using it to project in our reality. And that's essentially what they do here. So, like, Janet is a walking battery of whatever this quantum energy is. Uh, Scott gets some in a little flask in the um, post-credit scene. Um, there's there's mention of the fact that it gave what's her name her powers. Um, is it Ava? Ghost. Ghost. Uh, yeah, it's Ava. I think her actually. Yeah, yeah, a- a- Ava Star. Yeah. Um, gives her her powers, and it's you know it's one of those vague. Yeah, this does whatever we need it without any real rules being established which this film could have really been about that i think yeah 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 and, and yeah well i think it's because it's because i uh, so uh, so so few people like uh, pro- uh, properly un- 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 understand like the finer aspects of, of quantum theory mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah but yeah but but do know that uh, uh the the the, the that using quantum as a as a as a as a prefix to pretty much anything will will make it sound suitably sci-fi technologically mysterious. Well, Scott says that he says, "Do you guys exactly quantum in front of everything?" That was brilliant. Um, I don't know. Maybe we'll learn more about it in Avengers Four or whatever they're going to call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I mean, I'm assuming we will, but I, I just, I, I would have thought we would have, would have at least learned something about it this time. Yeah. Other than it's a thing that exists, and it, yeah, we'll just go through it. But it was okay. And this, the the running theme in this film is it was all right. Pretty much, yeah. Action sequences. Yes. Uh, it has a number of them, and I think again the first film's a bit more creative in how it uses size and, and all this stuff and the way that it builds up the heist. I loved as well. Just you know the you you answer shorting out the servers and you're doing this and whatever else, but like. Uh, some of the action was really good. I loved the first sequence with Wasp uh, in the kitchen. It was brilliant. You know, again, it shows how capable and um, skilled she is. Uh, I actually really liked the breaking into the school sequence. I would consider that an action sequence. Uh, it was a bit more in line with the heist roots in the first one, uh, and where he gets grown to the size of a, <laughs> a young child. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, hey champ, how was school today? <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
<laughs> yeah, and the thing is, like, caught by his teacher, is like, you got a whole pass, so, like, uh, whatever, I actually don't care. He just legs it, and the teacher's like, ah, oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was really, um, really good, that part, and it's part of the like, they don't really have, um, hope undergo any of these kind of problems. It's like, yeah, it's your suit that's screwed, mine's just fine. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, but... Yeah, like, yeah, but, but, oh, I did. I did enjoy the action sequences. Um, yeah, and yeah, and uh, it's uh, and in in, in in particular the car, the car chase. Um, yeah, and yeah, yeah, and or or and uh, any um, and um, any any moment really where uh, where where there was st- uh, strategic uh, usage of of like. Um, of, sh- of of shrinking and, and resizing the, uh, the vehicle at uh, key moments. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, I just uh, brings like like uh, like uh, another tactical as- as- aspect of of it, of it in, in into the manoeuvring. Um, yeah. Well, um, well, one thing I was a little a little surprised about was um, was uh, was how how little. Um, Action, action moments there are uh, where where Scott and Hope were actually together. Yeah. Um. Because. because because like with like uh, any, with uh, with any kind any kind of any kind of team up film. Um. Yeah. The, the, like like uh, part part of, uh, part of its 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 appeal is 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 seeing how. How the how the characters are able to fight together, and given the title of this, then you, you, you could you could technically see, see it see it as that, and so I would I would have thought there there, there would have been been more moments where, uh, where Scott and and Hope's uh, various various abilities uh, would be would be used to com- to complement each other. Yeah, um, the car chase boy was immense. I love the uh, the Hot Wheels. Rally set, I think it was. <laughs> you know, shameless bit of product placement. And I'm, as far as I'm aware, there is still a Hot Wheels movie in development. <laughs> oh my uh, god! Which you know they've kind of already made it now. You know, what's the the Hot Wheels movie going to do that isn't this? And I love the the size changing cars. Uh, just although it made me wonder why they just didn't keep them small. Because then you're you know they they won't know where you are and things like that. But whatever, uh, it was cool. Yeah, possibly too much of a risk of being run over. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, um, it was it was really cool just, you know, growing and just flipping the car over and, and shrinking so you can get around that tight corner really well, really easily and all that stuff. Um, it, it, it's the next kind of logical step in these things, I guess, is, you know, you've, you've got all this tech that could shrink so it shrink other stuff or grow other stuff. And they did a bit of you know, product-ish stuff with the Pez dispenser, <laughs> which um, you know, I wish we'd actually seen a giant like piece of Pez candy as well. Maybe Louise has eaten it. Louise has eaten it later on in the film. That would have been so cool. This giant, <laughs> giant piece of candy is just over the moon. All those breakfast budget problems. That's a good point. Yes, they could just grow the pastry, and make it huge. I'm hungry now. <laughs> in fact. Pim's shrinking technology could essentially revolutionise just moving house. Yeah. Shrink all your stuff, put it in one box, and away you go. Sorted. Yeah. Um, just a thought. 
the shrinking building was a bit weird because I'm not clear on why everything wasn't like on the floor and smashed up when they were like throwing it around and stuff. Yeah, I I think I think that's just uh, well one of those details we're just expected to overlook again. Yeah, someone mentioned to me that they say something about activating stabilizers or some nonsense, but I didn't catch that line. The no, time I watched that either. But oh, I, I missed that if it was there. Yeah. But yeah, it's just all this stuff in there, you know, that could be. Um, it just gets destroyed just every time they're throwing it around. It gets like all this, this delicate, one of a kind scientific equipment. Yeah. <laughs> but carting it about like a suitcase is pretty cool. I love it when it grows and you see the suitcase handle and the attached to it as well. It's really fun. It is like a, a pretty good moment, just for, for like the sake of of. Uh, uh, Visual comedy, comedy if nothing else. Well, we got to see Louise involved. Louise, is that how you pronounce it? Louise involved in one in the action sequences, driving a fast car. Uh, I love that character as well. I think he's, I think he's brilliant. I think Michael Pena is oh, amazing yeah. in that role. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, it's, it's, I just, I just like in, in the in the scene where we're where, where, where being interrogate, interrogated by. Uh, Walton, Walton Goggins' um, henchman. Yeah. Um, and, and when when into the bring bring out bring out the truth serum. <laughs> yeah, and I just thought, oh god, please let him go into one of his rambling stories, please, because that will be so amazing. And he did, <laughs> and it was glorious. Yeah, it was brilliant. I, I just love it that cuts away, and you know everyone's like mimicking his mannerisms, yes. and things like that. And obviously, it's still his voice coming out of their mouth, but you know, it's Evangeline Lilly mimicking his mannerisms. It's really funny throwing the phone away, you know. <laughs> What's this got to do with anything? And it's like, oh, you need, you need to let him go. You need to let him finish. It's, <laughs> it's like this is where he is emotionally. It's like, well, no, where is he physically? Oh, in the woods. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Uh, and, and when he was talking about getting a suit, and things like that. Uh, I want a suit. Maybe no superpowers. Maybe a few superpowers. Just the way he just, I don't know, he, he plays the kind of idiot type really well, although he's clearly pretty smart as well. You know, he knows stuff, he knows how the world works, and, and I wonder if he's just kind of acting a bit dumb. Yeah, well, I think, I think it's just because I'm in, like, in, in, the, in the context of, of, of like what's going on, of what's going on in 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 in, in these films, like like is is it like is is a bit is a bit uh, is a bit out of his depth. Yeah. So yes. So 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 he's just he's just taking like all like all this all this all this weirdness in his stride and 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 just and just rolling with it, uh, despite the fact that he that he's not he's not he's not quite sure quite sure of the whole picture of what's actually happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's he's a fun character. Um. What did you think of the the FBI officer guy? I think he was okay in small doses, but he was, I don't know. He, I was like, why is this guy here? I think he, I think he was uh, another uh, another of another thing that uh, came from like, the multiple script revisions, where where, where he previously uh, might 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 have had a, a lot more purpose. Hmm. Um, yeah, but. But now he's he's just there as a bit of comic relief, and but but not especially effective, and doesn't and doesn't doesn't really doesn't really add much, and in the end he's just a bit distracting and annoying. Yeah, 
But I loved it when he was like, I really needed a win. <laughs> I just felt really sorry for him, that scene. And then he gets he gets to see the giant Ant-Man suit, and then it just deflates. It's just, yeah, it's like, I've no proof that you're Ant-Man again, but you're totally Ant-Man again. It's really weird. Uh, there could be multiple Ant-Men, though, I guess, if they, if they really wanted them to. Maybe yeah. they'll do that in future films, I don't know, but... Uh, so back to the the action. I think the the fist fights were a bit lacking, you know, fighting the ghosts and stuff. It's mostly because our powers were so vague. Uh, it was like well, they can hit us sometimes, they can't hurt us other times. The hits do nothing. It seems. So yeah, th- these fights were just kind of like. I, I'm not like I don't know how. How this works, you know. This, if you look at something like Mission Impossible, I mean, Mission Impossible is so much more realistic in the sense that it's two, just two guys fighting. All right, one of them's Tom Cruise and the other is like Henry Cavill, which is, you know, they're they're not humans. Uh, <laughs> there's no way they can be. But like, you get this the sense of, you know, this is how the fight's going. Ouch, that looked like it hurt. You know, all that stuff. And it's it's the perfect example of how you you stage a fight scene and you stage it in a way that you know who's winning, you know what's going on, you know how the environment's being used, etc., etc. And in here, it was just grow, punch, shrink, punch. There's nothing. You know, it's. They're all, they're fairly weightless in the sense that you just it's just difficult to figure out what's actually going on. It's almost going back to Nolan Batman levels of you know the, this this fight is not interesting to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah, I, I think is there's there's no real real sense of like of like how how the fight how the fight is it's actually progressing, and if that isn't established in any way, then. Yeah, then, yeah, then, 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 then you, then, then you, then you can't really tell like uh, if, if, if and when it's supposed to be over. Like, uh, like uh, short, short of, short, short of one person uh, like uh, being smashed into a into a wall and knocked unconscious. Yeah, and things, and and because, and because ghosts' powers like were, uh, were so poorly defined. Um, yeah, yeah, then, yeah, then the. Yeah, then then she was able able to do literally anything that that was required at any given moment. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because because there, because there, there wasn't anything established to say that she wouldn't be able to. Well, things like she would say that she can't um, control her powers that well, but then she wasn't afraid to lift the building that she would possibly drop. You know, things like that. Uh, yeah, 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 and and then yeah, and 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 there's also the the, the perennial the perennial issue with uh, with 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 as uh, someone with um, any any kind of phasing ability is is the fact that they they the fact that they 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 never sink sink through the floor. Yeah, that's always plot convenient. It's just convenient. That's why it doesn't happen. Uh, she seemed fairly in control anyway, even though she said that she wasn't. And then at the end, she's healed, I think. Uh, yeah, like, because reasons. Yeah, because of magic. <laughs> yeah, because like, like magic, uh, magic quantum energy transference. Yeah. Well, what's going on, quantum? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else. Yeah. Um, I think what else there is with action? Nothing really. Yeah, no, I think I think that, that was, I think that was, pretty much all there was to it. 
Scott using the flatbed truck like a scooter. Oh yes, I was going to mention that. Yes, that was. I I, I like that. And I also liked that that was him reacting to a mistake, or reacting to something he didn't expect. He's like, oh crap, I'm this size now. Uh, oh well. <laughs> I'll just improvise. Yeah. Uh, and then he grows massive again, and then passes out because because air is feeling large. I don't know. He just passes out because he shouldn't be that large for that long. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, something to do with like not being able to get to like to get enough air in to support him. Yeah. Or something like that. Seemed to be okay in Civil War, although I think he was bigger than he was in Civil War. I think so, yes. Yeah. But he didn't ask for any orange slices this time. <laughs> so in terms of the wider Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think what they've been doing with the uh, more recent films has been really good in the sense that they do stand on their own. Uh, you know, Black Panther, you could forget it's part of a shared universe if you wanted to, because uh, it, it's just so self-contained. Um, this is kind of the same, although the... The reason for Scott being where he was is because of, you know, going to Germany and Civil War, which, you know, you can take or leave as a plot detail. You just have to know he's been arrested and, and he's in under house arrest. Uh, and I, I quite like that because it, it does, because there are references here and there to, to other stuff that's going on. Uh, there's also that, yeah, you can watch this as a film. There's no one sitting here reminding you that the rest of the universe exists to the detriment of the plot. And I really hate when other films such as The Mummy have they do that, you know, where Russell Crowe sits and talks about vampires oh, for 20 minutes. God. You know, and stuff like that. Uh, and I think the MCU continues to be great for that reason. Uh, as a, You know, as a shared universe, it's, it's great for that reason. It's Every film is in that universe, but not connected, not necessarily intimately connected to it. I mean, let's ignore the, the Marvel Netflix stuff and... Uh, Cloak and Dagger had a few references here and there. I haven't seen Runaways yet, but um, I don't yeah. know that does, but, yeah. That was a, one of the things that I quite liked about uh, about, about the film. It was, it was precisely like uh, because because it could it it, it could it could be, could be a, st- a standalone thing. Yeah, think as uh, if if there's uh, too uh, too too many references like to like to to the events of other films, or when like uh, plot aspects come about because of the events the events of previous films, then yeah, then I can I sometimes sometimes find it a, a, a little distracting. Mm. Um, because sometimes you have to think it's like, oh wait, what was that again? Uh, what, what happened with that? And yeah, and. Yeah, and 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 then if there's something that you can't quite remember, it's like, oh wait, did I miss something, or have I forgotten something, or is this something that, we, that we've not been told yet, and we're going to find out? I sometimes think there's a, a little too heavy a reliance on 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 that, uh, and, yeah, and 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 sometimes sometimes films films that just just need to be their own thing a bit more. Yeah, you could almost grade this on a bit of a bell curve. You know, you've got. Um so you look at the, the phase one movies where certainly I was like, oh, I can't, I can't wait to see the next Marvel film. I hope they reference everything, you know, and, and then you get to the kind of peak point of that where it's like the Avengers and, and everything else where that all comes together. And then it's after that, it's like, nah, I don't really want them to be talking about the other films every five minutes, you know, and uh, I mean, you always get these, where was such and such during this? And it's like, you know, where was Hawkeye during Winter Soldier and, and stuff like that? And yeah, those are valid questions. During Ant-Man and the Wasp, I'm never wondering where anybody else is. Um, 
because he is separate from that anyway. You know, he's had one team up adventure with other with other characters. Two, if you count the little bit in his own in his own film. But um, you get all this. You get this distance because Scott has that distance, and you know it. It, it no longer really makes sense to have a Captain America movie without other characters being in it at this point. But with Ant Man, you can still get away with it because he does have his own little world that, that he kind of inhabits. Um, and obviously, you get the major reference to Infinity War, where it just so happens that the the masses that the spoilers for Infinity War, the snap happens just as he's like poking his nose at the <laughs> quantum realm. <laughs> so, wow, that was inconvenient. Yeah, yeah, some very, but very, very bad timing. But I actually thought thought that that was a brilliant moment, actually. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and yeah, and, and I think it, it was it was all more effective, uh, precisely because because uh, like because like, like the is that the whole film uh, wasn't wasn't contingent on 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 the on the wider events of the of the MCU. Yeah, so so. Yes, so so this yes, so so then we, we, we got the point. Uh, then, it's like, uh, then you're like, oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah like yeah, it's, like it's, it's, it's part, it's, 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 it's part of part of a bigger thing, and it's, and bigger events can ha- can have an effect on it, even if the, the story itself doesn't affect them. I'm guessing Infinity War must be happening just as, um, just as the kind of end, you know, the end action sequences are happening because um, in Infinity War, I think it's Black Widow that mentions that Scott took a deal, you know, to uh, Scott and Clint both took deals that let them be with their families and stuff, so I suppose she wouldn't have any real concept of when that was up or wouldn't be keeping tabs on it, but you know, it's, it's weird that he would be out of house arrest and see all this stuff happening and then not do anything about it, although the only thing he would have heard about is the 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 attack in New York and the attack in Edinburgh, neither of which he would have been able to get to any period, any fast period of time. Oh, I I took the the end credits, well no sorry the 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 mid credits scene, uh, to to um to to, to actually to actually take place a, a a little bit after the the main film actually ends. Um, it seems like that, yeah, but it's not clear how far after, I guess. But it does specifically say that it's been two... Well, it's just about two years is up. And Infinity War is set two years after Civil War. So it might only be a... Well, it has to be enough time for them to build a piece of equipment. But then again, in these films, they can magic up equipment in five minutes, I suppose. Yeah, well, I think because everyone's like a world-class genius. So they can design... Design... Um, invent, uh, build, 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 operate machines like machines like this as quickly as they need to. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, th- I don't think there's enough evidence for us to make any determinations on timeline. We just know that that scene takes place just as Thanos is uh, snapping his fingers, uh, and you know, as luck would have it, uh, all three of them die. <laughs> Whoops. Um, it's not clear if Scott is spared because he's in the quantum realm or whether he was just lucky. Yeah, I, I was wondering that myself. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Though, though, though I think um, in the long run it doesn't really matter either way. No, not really. Um, and there's 
I don't, I don't know if you saw the casting announcement that they've cast someone as Cassie in the in Avengers Four. Oh no, I I, I I missed that. No, and she's like sixteen or seventeen, so it seems that they're going to have an adult Cassie, which will pay off those. I would be your partner. I'd be your <laughs> partner. You know, like since his last partner turned to dust. Yes, temporarily, of course. Uh, most likely temporarily. Um. But that's about it for MCU references, really. Other than Shield, of course. I mentioned Shield. That's that's a big one. And there's, um, it's not an explicit reference, but people have suggested that the Fantastic Four could use the Quantum Realm to come into it. I suppose that works. Yeah, although they've established that people age at normal pace in the Quantum Realm because of like Michelle Pfeiffer is thirty years older when when she went in. Uh, but then they do mention that time vortex thing. So, I guess the Fantastic Four could be in a time vortex, ready to pop out at some moment's notice. Well, we'll just have to wait and see. Indeed. Um, so yeah, we've got an adult Cassie, or a teenage Cassie in, in Avengers 4, I guess. Um, I wonder how Stark or whoever will figure out that Scott is trapped in the Quantum Realm and get him out. Yeah, that, that, that was another thing I was thinking about and couldn't, couldn't quite think of an immediate answer for. Yeah. Maybe we'll go looking for him and he'll discover the van with the thing in it and he'll be like, oh, yeah. Although one thing confused me about that post credit scene. They talk about... Um, what's it, they, talk, they, they talk about getting new healing particles for their new ghost friend. Who's their new ghost friend? Well, I well, I assume they meant ghost. Well, no, because she's fine. She's fixed. I assumed that, uh, that implied it was just it was a temporary fix. Yeah. And that she needed like regular doses of quantum energy to remain stable. Maybe, but he's because he says new ghost friend, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I figured about like kind of, like new in in the fact that they're like previously enemies. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, or, or it could possibly, possibly be, be an allusion to a as yet unseen character. Could be. Yeah. I don't know. You might never find out. You know, if they don't make another one of these, I don't know how it did well. I don't think it did that well box office wise. I've not looked into it. Yeah, me neither. But I think I saw that it was kind of a modest success or whatever. So they might not make another Ant Man film. You might see him turn up in other films. I don't know. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yes. So, what is what is success being like? Like three hundred million. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we did have to wait a month for it. I don't think it was worth the wait, really. <laughs> you know. Damn you, World did, Cup. Yeah, I did manage to not be spoiled though, but that's because no one in the US was talking about it. I suppose you know there was yeah. nothing to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, in, which in retrospect, should have been a bit telling. Yeah, I guess. Um, the mid-credit scene was good. The post-credit scene was dreadful. Yeah, that was a bit. That was a bit anticlimactic. It's in one of the trailers as well. The ant playing drums. Oh yeah. You see it in one of the trailers. You I don't forgot see that. that. Like, state of emergency thing on the TV or whatever, but um, yeah, it's weird. Uh, so I think on that note, we've covered this film. I don't know. I just can't dig into it too much. I'm not like. There's nothing there to dig yeah. into, you know. Yeah, but you can because it's pretty much all, all like surface detail. There's not yeah. much deeper substance to all of it. That's a bit of a shame. So, what's your conclusion? Uh, in conclusion, wrap us up here. 
here will here will in conclusion I quite I quite enjoyed the film for, for what it was I mean in I I didn't especially especially dislike anything about it um though though there's also 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 uh, not 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 too too much um to rave excitedly about either hmm. um yeah yes yes yeah so 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 overall it's like uh, entertaining but could have been a lot better I would echo that yeah uh, it's fine you know I'll watch it once when it comes out on Blu-ray and probably it'll probably just be one I go back to whenever there's a I'm doing an MCU me rewatch which you know happens every now and again uh, so it'll get yeah it's fine uh, in terms of ranking I had to think about where I would put it in my ranking because I've I've made a ranking that I'm not updating every time there's a film coming out, but you know, I'll, um, every now and again I just like to update it. So I updated it before Infinity War, uh, and that will be linked in the thing. So read it over and, and see if you agree with me. It's slightly unconventional in that Iron Man three is at the bottom, so that that's uh, that's upset some people that have seen it. Yeah, so. Basically, for me, it goes Iron Man three, which is the worst one, then Thor, which I don't like either. The first Thor. Yeah, I don't like it. Okay. Yeah, uh, Iron Man two, which is you know a bit better than Thor, but not by much. Guardians of the Galaxy, which I wasn't a huge fan of. Uh, just didn't find it that funny. Then the Dark World, which you know I like, but it's about as disposable as this. And then Guardians of the Galaxy Volume two. So it goes in between Dark World and Vo- Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 on my list, for me. So Guardians 2 is slightly better than this. But that's where it sits. Yeah, well, well I've, I've not actually thought, uh, thought about it in, in, in enough detail to, to do a definitive ranking myself, but if I did, I would imagine it would be somewhere, somewhere around the middle. Hmm. Again, baseline of quality. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> yeah, Marvel have a baseline of quality, and this is almost that baseline. You know, it's like, I guess it's re- like it replaces First Avenger as being like, yeah, that was that was fine. <laughs> you know, it was just okay. Uh, it doesn't do anything offensive. Doesn't do anything that's amazing. Uh, I really like First Avenger actually, but you know, as a film, it's yeah. You know, there's, there's so much potential here, but you rush through everything. Same kind of idea. Right, so on that note, it's probably time to return to our normal sizes and prepare for, I don't know, prepare for whatever comes next. Captain Marvel next. Hopefully that wouldn't be a disposable piece of fluff. Well, I, I, was, I was certainly hoping not. I'm mostly tentatively hopeful about that one. Yeah, we should get a trailer for that fairly soon, I think. Uh, I don't know when. I'm basing this on nothing, by the way. But we should. We should probably get one. Just because. October or so. We'll see. It's out in March, so we'll see. So, yes. Uh, thank you for joining me to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp. Well, uh, thank you for having me. Yes, yes. And, and, um, I, and I, 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 will now, I will now return to normal size before one of my cats eats me. <laughs> I should also note that... Uh, on the notes that I've been referring to throughout this, um, I put in the t- <laughs> the heading as Aunt May and the Wasp. And I don't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to see that film. I don't know what it would be about, but it's just, yeah, Aunt May just 
telling the wasp that she should... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, of course, picturing the Rosemary Harris version of Aunt May in the scenario because, you know, the, the young and hip one is too young and hip. So, yeah, Aunt May and the Wasp, the next big Marvel hit. That was our Ant-Man and the Wasp discussion. Thanks to YouTuber Enstens1117 for the supplied music. If you like what you heard, then hit that subscribe button on iTunes, YouTube, or your podcast app of choice. iTunes users, please leave us a review and a star rating. Should you want to talk to us, we're on Facebook and Twitter under Neil Before Blog, or you can leave us a comment on neilbeforeblog.co.uk. As always, we hope you'll join us on the next Neil Before Pod. <laughs>